what does a biblical marriage look like? How should a woman respond to her husband and how should a husband respond to his bride? Let's talk about that today on the Midweek Move. The podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what is happening here today? Today, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Scott joins me as we continue our conversation through the book of First Peter. Pastor, we've had a, a very interesting series of conversations the last couple of weeks. Um, some people I know actively avoid these passages. Indeed. For uh, various reasons, um, but we believe in the whole that's right. <laughs> the, 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 the whole counsel of God. Yes. So uh, we're diving into some interesting conversations. I want to encourage you guys to really kind of lean in and uh, take some notes as we dive in. Because um, and we also want to invite you, don't take things out of context today. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, it's very easy for people to take some of what we're talking about today, take one snippet and just run with it Yep. Uh, for various reasons. And sometimes it's with a good heart and they hyper-focus on one thing. Um, you need to go back and listen to the previous chapter, I think. Yeah, some people. no doubt, no doubt. Because, um, again, we as as humans have put in chapters and verses. Yep. Peter had a single thought that he laid out here for these people originally, and it's important for us to have the context of everything. And so what we're about to dive into about this conversation about husbands and wives, it really is predicated on what happened last week uh, in the midweek move. No doubt, no doubt. There are a lot of things that, and this is one thing that we always encourage everyone, mm -hmm. whether it be on campus, online, whether it be on the Midweek Move, whether it be on our online broadcast or The Healing Place, we always, always encourage people to keep everything in context. Mm -hmm. But in context, what are the absolutes and what are cultural? Right. And so that is a very key, like who's being spoken to, who's speaking, where are they? What, what is happening around them, what has happened up to that point, which we've been talking about in Peter, is that it's to those who were in the diaspora, so the dispersion. Mm -hmm. And these are Jews who have accepted Christ as Messiah, yet they are all in lands that are foreign lands that don't believe necessarily what they believe, exactly. nor even believed their belief before they received Christ. That's another aspect of this, mm -hmm. that these Jews... Even if they were just religious Jews, if they were to go to these places, those places would not be in a monotheistic society many right. times. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when, when we have been walking through this, we have kept to, okay, what is... What is the culture of the day, especially in relationships? Like mm -hmm. we dealt with government. Right. Uh, what was what was the relationship with government? Well, with the Jews, we we know that they had an understanding. We don't have to listen to government. Right. We don't have to pay our taxes. We don't. But we know that Jesus had something to say into that. Right. Render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Exactly. You know. And then we talked about masters and slaves. That's a whole other thing. The moment you say those words in our current culture, it's like boom, boom, boom. Right. Warning sign, warning sign. But in context, in the culture. No, it's not saying that slavery is right. Mm -hmm. No, it's not saying any of those things. But in the culture of that day, not just in one nation, mm -hmm. but globally, 
Right. And for us not to think that there is not some type of slavery happening in our globe would be disingenuous of us. Oh, totally. We know through human trafficking and all manner of things, it can be all manner of things. Right. It can be people working in a factory in another nation making 12 cents a day or mm. whatever it may be. But the way that we broke it down was in culture what is happening here. Right. Because even some of those Jews who, who had accepted Christ, they had servants. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, we covered with Paul mm-hmm. in dealing with a slave or a servant of someone mm-hmm. of saying, don't receive them as a slave. You receive them as a brother. Right. Because here's the process that's happened. Mm-hmm. And here's the way that we see this now. Exactly. So as we're walking through this, just understand we're we we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that when we prayed, Dallas, that we were praying that we would never lose our awe and wonder and that we would never lose the mystery, that we would never believe that we understand everything about the Word of God and right. everything about God, Right. but yet there's still some mysteries of the kingdom. Sure. As we seek the Lord and as we ask of Him and as we knock, the Lord reveals things to us, but sometimes we only get it as a veil, right? Right. Looking in a mirror, right? Um, and so, just just understand, we're we're not just throwing things out there to throw them out, or we're not throwing out opinions and saying these are absolutes. Mm-hmm. We're simply walking through the scriptures in context, right? In the day, but then also going, what applies to us today? What principles? What absolutes apply to us today? Absolutely. Well, with all that being said, let's uh, let's begin this journey, Pastor. All right, First Peter chapter three, verse one, wives. Likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the contact, by the conduct of their wives. Okay, so we're going to pause right here because this already, some people, they're red flagging out and they're, they're having a stroke listening to us. <laughs> but let's, let's walk through this together. First off, the words, uh, likewise, my, my translation says in the same way. In the same way as what are we talking about here? Go well, ahead. We're talking about going back going back to the previous chapter, the way that we submit to the authority yep. of forms. And again, uh, verse 13 of chapter 2, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. And then he goes into kings and everything like that. This is the same fashion he's talking about wives submitting yourselves for the Lord's sake. If you are as a Christian woman who loves the Lord, who loves God for the sake of the Lord, for for the image of the God of, of the God you serve, of the um, because you represent Him, submit to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, that they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. This is talking to specifically to women who are saved, who know the Lord, whose husbands do not, be it a pagan husband or be it a uh, a Jewish man that does not know Jesus as the Messiah. And he's he's challenging them. He says, look, your submission to God, your ability to do this, it's not just a, this isn't a control thing. This is you representing the the, the beauty of Christ, the meekness of, of, save, of salvation and grace. And it's drawing these people, not saying that he will get saved. Right. And we talked about that off uh, off camera. There's some people that they've made this whole doctrine of, oh, if I suffer, I go through all this stuff, this will happen. No, it's it's the offer. The opportunity's there. That's right. And he's saying, don't be a stumbling block for that. And also one, one other stumbling block right here is that people get hung up on, well, then that means that the Word of God is saying, I submit to my husband and he can beat me and he can... 
he can he can abuse me and he can verbally abuse me and that is not right what the word of god is saying and i it's think like, we're going to cover we're that we're going to hit right? that in okay, verse we're 7 gonna, we're going to cover that in some verses to come so don't check out on us because right. one thing that we want to make sure that we are imparting is that as men women husbands wives parents children all of these things that our conduct as believers is always submitted to the Lord. That doesn't make us a doormat for abuse. Mm-hmm. God never put his stamp on that. Exactly. Nor did God, you know, there are so many things that have been done in the name of God over the years that God didn't have anything to do with. Right. That that the Lord, people had done things in the Lord's name and they had taken his name in vain mm-hmm. by ascribing his name to things they were doing. Exactly. And so... Uh, again, we're we're going to cover some of that. I just want to make sure we we <laughs> kind of got that out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's continue on because there's a lot here. Okay, so verse two says, "When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear," so it says that they may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Yeah. So this vocabulary of chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Uh, again, this is uh, you're reading New King James, um, which is a bit removed from Old English, thankfully removed from Old English. But the verse chase, it's talking about they can see the purity in your walk. Your your conduct is pure. The way you are doing things is it's pure. It's not tainted with alternative motives or with a, a fragrance of the world. At the same time, this aspect of with fear, this is like. Oh, I'm frightened. It's a reverence. Yep. It's, it's not a, fear of your husband. Right. It is fear and reverence for the Lord. Because right. why? You're doing it for the Lord. Exactly. For the Lord's name. For all of those things. It's all being done for the Lord. Exactly. And that's the but thing again, with context. Is. Some people would look at the word submissive and fear, and then all of a sudden go straight to, oh, this is putting a stamp on that. No, it's it's actually the opposite exactly. of that. Exactly. All right, verse 3. Uh, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Right. So here he's talking about how um, culturally wearing these adornments was a it was a way of attracting people. And generally it was done by people who uh, were prostitutes who are working in, in very uh, inappropriate areas. And uh, some people today have taken this to mean you can't wear jewelry at all. You can't have anything nice. You have to be, um, what's the word, very homely, very plain looking. And that's not what he's talking about. He's like, look, your value is not in these things whatsoever. What attracts your husband is what's happening on the inside. Jewelry is going to tarnish. Clothing is going to fade or rip. Your hair will thin and gray. Uh, beauty is fading, <laughs> or your hair will go, <laughs> or will go, or migrate Which down. Which is why case I have, have a beard. head covering today because <laughs> it's cold and I have no hair, so I have a head covering. Exactly, I am in alignment with the New Testament, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I have a head covering, <laughs> but there's wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> <laughs> but there's another aspect to this, Dallas, because again, who's being spoken to? Jews, right? Dispersed. To other places. Right. Now, all these other places where they are, whether it be in Greece, whether it be in Rome, in those places, women have already taken the form 
in some of those cultures mm -hmm. into, um, again, we're talking about all manner of worship. Mm -hmm. We know in Greece, uh, there was a lot of worship of gods, plural. Mm -hmm. Some of those were goddesses. Mm -hmm. We know that one of the greatest riots in the history of the world happened because a goddess was being defamed or defaced or her trinkets weren't being sold anymore because of the revival that was breaking out. Right. And people got mad. But in those cultures, adornment wasn't just for prostitutes in those cultures, mm -hmm. but for women, they would adorn themselves because of attracting men, to attract men. But these Jews, where they were from, when you talk about Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, if there was an adornment, if they had fragrance, then it was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. It was a woman who, uh, in, even in the perfumes, it's said of going all the way back, not just in the Word of God, but even in the writings of Josephus and some of the, some of the theologians of old have written that in that culture, the way that a woman would attract a man in Jerusalem mm -hmm. wasn't outwardly because that man would get in trouble. Mm -hmm. He could be stoned in public right. if it was known that he did that. So she would do it by wearing perfume and then the fragrance. And then when he smelled that fragrance, he knew and he would follow. Mm -hmm. And so when, when it talks about this, it's not saying, okay, you can't wear any of this stuff, you can't do any of this stuff. Again, they're already dispersed from where they are. But it also doesn't say, hey, you can just wear all of this because you're trying to attract somebody. Mm -hmm. Peter is taking them back to it's all about the inner right. beauty. It doesn't mean that we don't take care of the exterior. Right. We know that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. And we can go into a whole massive teaching about what it means to be the temple of the Holy Spirit yeah. and to care for our bodies, not to worship our bodies. Because some people do. Not to <laughs> worship the gods of health and exercise and all those things. We're not to point our focus to that, but we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Lord does, I believe, put some type of, of, of importance upon not the way, quote unquote, we present ourselves, but the fact that we take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so I think that there's a lot, there's a couple of different uh, layers to that. Mm -hmm. One is where they already are, but another is where they came from. Right. Absolutely. And again, it's it's the inner self, the unfading beauty. I think that's a key aspect of it because I think we're so focused on the here and now, these small things, but this is unfading. These are the things that God truly values, gentle and a quiet spirit within a woman. That doesn't mean you're a pushover or anything like that. It's really, it's your conduct. Well, also because of the fact that I mean, some women might look at this and go, oh, that means I've got to be quiet and I can't say anything. And why do men get to be like this? But we forget that there are scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture to not only men, but to people in general mm -hmm. about a humble spirit. Yeah. Even to men, a humble spirit. And we're going to we're going to hit that here in just That's a little right. bit. That's right. And so, again, we, we get caught up in this one verse mm -hmm. and we think that we're the target, whatever it is. As right. men, you know, sometimes the scripture isn't even talking to women and just blasting. Well, it feels like blasting men. Right. Just, man, okay, let up on me, mm -hmm. right? No, it is like the the Lord is using his word and his servants 
to 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 point to things that either they were doing culturally, mm-hmm. they were doing as a family or a people group, or they were doing individually. Yeah, absolutely. All right, verse 5, for in this manner, now he has said gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious to the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. So he's going all the way back. So it's not that women weren't adorning themselves. Mm-hmm. Being submissive to their own husbands. So now... Women, holy women, who trusted in God, adorned themselves. If you would have only read the scripture in verse 3, you would say we can't adorn ourselves. Right. Here it says, holy women who trusted in God right. also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham. Look, it doesn't mean that Sarah was, was just, she never... I mean, she had an outburst, and there was recompense for that outburst, right? As Sarah obeyed Abraham, and just to be clear, a lot of Sarah's behavior that was outside the norm of what Peter is talking about here was actually a result of Abraham's behavior. Right. You're right. (laughs) Some of his lies put Sarah in an unbelievable position. His lies, his disobedience. All, and put their family in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And so again, ladies, if you're if you're listening to this and watching this, this is not this is a this is an overall umbrella right. for the behavior of all of us. Right. This isn't just a, a husband and wife thing. This is all of our behaviors. Mm-hmm. For in this manner in former times, the holy women who trust in God also adorned themselves, being submissive of their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham. Calling him Lord. Now, again, Lord, little L, mm-hmm. that was the terminology in the old days of covering someone right. who was over. So that right. would be over a household. It could be uh, rabbis sometimes were called Lord mm-hmm. because they were over. There was a spiritual covering aspect yeah. to it. There were governors. There were uh, there were um, uh, leaders. There were uh uh, political leaders, religious leaders who were referenced as Lord, if mm-hmm. they had any kind of covering, right. they were called Lord. So it's not, oh, my husband is my Lord. No, Jesus is your Lord. Exactly. Jesus is your Lord. Whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Absolutely. And I like the, how it says uh, they, their hope was in God. These are not just, you know, these women, they are responding out of their hope for God. Mm-hmm. This is a act of I'm serving my God, and because I serve Him, I will submit to my husband because I know that God's going to take care of me. If my husband is an idiot, God's going to take care of me. If my God, if my husband's a great man, it's still my God who's going to take care of me, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation I'm in. All right. So, verse 7, and how far are we going in this episode, Dallas? Uh, we're just going to do verse 7, and then uh, we're going to pick up next week with verse 8. Okay, awesome. All right, so, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. So now, even in this context, women could look at it and go, oh, I'm the weaker vessel. Here we go. It's like, <laughs> that is not what's we totally are victims of our current culture mm-hmm. when we read the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And we're reading it with revisionist history. We're reading it with all of the the hot topic terminology that people have used, and we're trying to overlay that to the Word of mm-hmm. God rather than allowing the Word of God to speak to us right. in our current situation. 
So it says, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now, listen, ladies, if up to this point you're like, oh, well, we're being demeaned and we're like this, we're being under. This right here, being heirs together, that is biblical language. Right. That is inheritance language. That is co-laborer language. Heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. That was to husbands. Exactly. There's a lot to break down in this. First, I want to point out, it's be considerate of our wives. We as men, as husbands, we when we plan our lives, when we plan the things that we have going on, we, it's not just a matter of like, it's just my way or highway. I have to be thinking about my wife. Yep. I think about how is my bride going to respond to this thing? How is it going to affect what she does uh, and how she's going to experience life around her? And again, um, that's a, a, it's just a mindset that people have abused this vocabulary of submission and husbands, you know, they, they forget this. Our actions, we have to think about our brides. We have to think about how this is going to affect them in the long run. And then beyond that, we need to honor them, yep. which involves a lot of things. That's right. That's right. And one thing here is that, again, we can look at it, we can look at it with 2023 eyes, but if you go back in culture, really what Peter is telling them is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Like he's telling husbands that your wife is a co-laborer. Yeah. Not- she is an heir together. She's not your slave. She's not property. She's not your servant. Mm-hmm. She is an heir together for you, right. with you. And that was a revolutionary idea. Yeah. I mean, that was a transformational um uh, infusion of the Holy Spirit into marriages mm-hmm. that previously had been said, no, that's not the case. Right. The husband is the ruler of the house, and you rule it with an iron fist way back in the days. Right. But even if we go all the way back to Abraham and Sarah, even if we go all the way back to Adam and Eve, we never quite see that in the people of God. Mm-mm. It's always counter intuitive to culture of what's happened in a godly family. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that, yes, okay, David fought wars, and yes, the children of Israel fought wars, and all those things happen. But if you look at the conduct in which God has commanded his people from the very beginning, mm-hmm. it is always counterintuitive to the world. Right. Always. Which means, husbands, you can't abuse your wives and use the scripture to do it. Exactly. Can't do it. And, and this is the thing. If we do not consider our brides, we're not honoring them and all those things, our prayers will be hindered. We cannot be considered godly men and have God hear our prayers if we're going to act counter what this passage says here. Well, Scripture also says that if we, if we uh, bring our children to a place of wrath, mm. our prayers won't be answered at all. Exactly. If husbands, if you don't love your wives... As Christ loved the church. Oh, Scott, what book was that? Oh, it's called Ephesians. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a book, somebody. It's Ephesians. Yeah. It is husbands love your wives. Boy, I really like that. Wives submit to your husbands. Man, every time we do premarital, <laughs> it's one of the first scriptures I bring up. And I'm like, all right, husbands, guess what? Whoever the husband is, I'm like, man, this is about to get really good for you. Yeah. Wives submit to your husbands, da 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 da. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I was like, hold on. It's about to get really, let's keep really <laughs> tough. Let's keep reading. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And when you break that down, mm. that is total selfless 
living, yeah. to lay down your life for your bride, not just in giving your life for her, but living your life with her right. for Jesus. And in that, you are living a laid down life because you are living a sacrificial life for Jesus. And because you're doing that, you will live that for your wife. Exactly. And that's where husbands get it totally wrong. It's like, oh, yeah, you need to submit to me. No. If I tell Tanya to do something that's counter to the word of God or what God is telling her, mm-hmm. her saying, um, yes, okay, great, that's not submission. That is actually sin against God. Right. Because she's not doing what God said. Mm-hmm. As a husband, if I ask her to do something counterintuitive to the Word of God, I can't expect any of these promises to be fulfilled in my life. Yeah. Because I am functioning counterintuitive to God's command. Exactly. And so that men, women, husbands, wives, that's why I love the fact that we go past verse 2, past verse Mm 3, past verse 4. It's like... He wasn't just saying one little thing. He's tying it all together. And again, it goes all the way back to the narrative right. that he's already been talking about. Government, um, uh, households as a whole, work, right. marketplace, now husbands and wives. Exactly. Lots of stuff happening here, and we could spend a long time just on these one passages, but we want to hear from you guys. Um, how has this encouraged you? How has this challenged you? Has it maybe made a shift in how... You're looking at your own marriage and your relationship with other people. Let us know. Reach out to us, mediahub at thbshreport.com. Uh, visit our website, uh, thbshreport.com, for more information about the Healing Place and Midweek Move and all kinds of things we have, have happening. Uh, Pastor, before we, we sign off completely, though, you have, do you have any last thoughts or words? I'm going to go home this afternoon and tell my wife I love her. Good plan. And then I'm going to find out if she needs me to do anything. <laughs> I like it. And then I'm going to tell her I love her again. Yeah. It's like... Listen, if you walk through the scriptures, read the scriptures, and you're not doing anything with the scriptures, then you're not progressing the kingdom of God. You're not growing the kingdom of God. And that's what God has called us to do. He's not called us to just have an intellectual conversation about some words that were written. Mm -hmm. He's called us to take his word and put it into action in our lives so that not only does it help equip us in this context to be better husbands, not better men, Better husbands. Right. Again, God's not wanting a better version of me. Right. He's wanting less of me and more of him. <laughs> exactly. Right? Not a better version of Scott, but but Scott growing as a child of God. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm more like Jesus than I am just Scott. And that is what our wives need. Yeah. They need us to be more like Jesus. Doesn't take away our personality. Doesn't take away the characteristics that drew them to us in the first place. Right. But what it does do is that it lets them know that unequivocally we are doing exactly what the Scripture says. And if we do exactly what the Scripture says, then it encourages our wives that I will follow him as he follows Jesus. Absolutely. So for my big takeaway, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going home. I'm going to tell my wife I love her. (laughs) Make sure you text me when you do. How can I serve you Just accountability. (laughs) Just accountability. I'll do that. (laughs) Ask what I can do for her. But on top of that, I'm legitimately, Rick's, our our producer's (laughs) raising his hand. Our producer's going to do it too. (laughs) (laughs) Legitimately, I walk away from every one of these midweek moves and I ask myself, have I failed in this area? Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to ask myself, have I failed in this area to be considerate of my bride, of, of walking this thing out? And I want to encourage you guys, and you ladies at home, where have maybe you've missed it? The great thing is 
There's still time. Well, There's and grace. also not just look where you missed it, but also look at, man, like I'm, I'm doing pretty good yeah. in this area. Like God is using me in this area. Always room for growth, always room for maturity, but celebrate those things. But yeah, <laughs> just not, Hey, where have I failed? But man, like how has God used that? Because the more we testify about how God has used us, mm -hmm. the more we're saying less about ourselves and more about God. True. Because we couldn't do it on our own. Yeah. And I'm going to issue this challenge. You know, there's a whole conversation about teaching the younger generation. If you're walking this, you're walking in, in great stuff. I want you to do what we've challenged everyone here at the Healing Places and teach someone. Yep. Reach out to somebody and testify. Hey, let me just walk you through some stuff. Because I promise you, there's a lot of young couples. They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they have no clue because the world's definitely not teaching that. Exactly. And there are some older couples that they're not walking in either. They that's need right. Some, some, some encouragement. Yeah, that's a whole other teaching. I won't even <laughs> go into how if you live for your kids your whole marriage, you're going to be sitting across the dinner table from a stranger when they're grown. Woo. That's a good word right uh, there, y'all. Next time on the Hey, that's move. 29 <laughs> years of experience, and that is pastoral counseling with people that have been married 35 years that were getting a divorce. Yeah. Because they didn't know who one another was. And mm. a lot of it is predicated on they did not follow these precepts. Yep. And that's also the experience of a man that is an empty nester now. <laughs> well, sort of. With a grandkid. <laughs> a grandkid in the nest. <laughs> well, guys, again, thank you so much for being part of today's Mimic Move. Let us know how we can encourage you, how we can pray with you. Until next time, have a great week.